0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It's time for football.
1: Salah. Escape Cancelo. Oh, brilliant from Mo Salah. And still Salah. Oh, sensational. Absolutely sensational.
0: Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9.
1: Hello and welcome to Just for Kicks with me, Cam Raslan. And we have two up front. Today we have uh, Gogolin. Hi everyone! Good to be back after my travels. Yes, uh, and the Red Hot Chili Peppers were they worth it? Of course, mate. Okay. <laughs> Give it away. <laughs> okay, and uh, the legendary Bob Holmes. Well, I'm I'm back.
2: Um, I, I always say I'm back, even if it's only a week.
1: Yeah, um,
2: but it's it's always good to be here.
1: Well one person who's not here is uh the not so legendary Des Corkill who is supposed to be joining us from Qatar but uh he may yet turn up because um I really wanted his insight or rather his lamentations following well we're going to be doing Champions League we're going to be doing Europa League Premier League and ooh, we've got a lot to get through so first of all let's start with the Champions League match Liverpool 2, Real Madrid 5, Bob. I watched the first 19 minutes and I thought, okay, Liverpool have won this one. Um, it didn't work out that way.
2: No, extraordinary. Um, the biggest European defeat uh, for Liverpool ever. That's not surprising. But I think it um, it really does mark the end of an era, the end of this uh Iteration of Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool. I'm very confident he'll build another, probably with about half the side. But when we're talking about this great Liverpool team that won everything, including the World Club Championship uh, over four or five years, I think that uh, recovery by Real Madrid spelled the end of it. I don't think we can pretend anymore. I don't think Liverpool fans are even trying to pretend anymore. They may still nick fourth place because that seems to be up for grabs, but that doesn't mean they're back. They've got to rebuild. They need top players in just about every department of the side. That's pretty obvious. But the good news is that FSG are staying and... They are going to provide the money if they get a, uh, if they sell a chunk of the club. So Jurgen Klopp is staying on and he's prepared to do it. But really, it did mark the end of an era. You could never imagine the, the great Liverpool side of, of a year or two ago uh, conceding five goals to anybody uh, from being 2 0 up after, after 15 minutes.
1: But, but Bob, were... I mean, okay. But may I remind you that they came back three nil from uh, the deficit from Barcelona, or is this just a, a broken and trash? You're trying to teleport? talk up
2: the uh, the second leg, are you?
1: Yeah, you know.
2: <laughs> well, that was that was three um, nil, yes. Uh, but the the key part of that was the second leg was at home, um, and they didn't really suffer the psychological blows to them in in Barcelona <clears throat> excuse me that Real Madrid hit them with at Anfield they were they were big blows for Liverpool to take um you know it, it was it was devastating the ease with which Real Madrid scythe through that Liverpool defense and basically they they packed up after 75 minutes I mean they declared at five didn't they the fear was they could have gone
1: on and got a, got a couple more and added to the humiliation. Okay, a okay, bit of cricketing analogy there from uh, from Bob Holmes that may lo- lose some of our listeners. But, uh, Goglin, let's talk up, um, I think we need to, we should talk up Real Madrid. Uh, I mean, we kind of jokingly said at the beginning of the season, okay, you know, they're just going to win the, the Champions League. And, well, they're just going to win the Champions League.
3: <laughs> I think there's a I mean there's a line that's been going on before the game that says never ever dis- discount Real Madrid they never did and this was a case in point I mean at 2-0 I mean especially that second goal that uh, Courtois gave away you know I was, I watched I watched up to 4-2 and I was I was watching that game and I was thinking Liverpool at like, 2-0 up you know were cruising and then they allowed uh, Vini to score that goal they allowed them back in and then that another mistake you know it was just it, it, you could sense blood. Real Madrid sensed blood, and you could see the the confidence draining from the Liverpool players, especially as they struggled into half time, and then those, those quick fire goals, you know, by uh, Militao again, you know, Modric at that age running the strings at that show. Crazy. And I think this is a testament crazy. to what uh, Bob was saying. Uh, Liverpool of uh, I mean, two seasons ago would have never allowed a player like Modric that much freedom to string passes or not. You know, these are big game players. You do not allow big game players to start running around unfettered. You know, the formation was a mistake. The defense looked shocking. I mean, Van Dyke is a shadow of himself, and he's blaming his defenders around him and Joe Gomez. I mean, less said than better about his performance. You know, I think he was culpable for actually all five goals. If you ask me, except maybe the second one, he was still weighted. But uh, I think at two 0 up at home, you know, again Real Madrid to lose five two at home to Real Madrid in the Champions League—it's, it's, it's—I it's, uh, never expected it. I don't think any Liverpool fan expected it.
1: Gogolin, I, I don't, I don't want to frighten Liverpool fans who are listening to this show, but uh, Bob's rather—he he's confident it seems that uh, Jurgen Klopp's going to stay at Liverpool, but he hasn't really ever stayed this long at a club,
3: and things are not looking good. Is he going to walk away? Well, I think he might actually, you know, there are two rumors about Tom and the FSG staying is because the FSG couldn't get, I don't think FSG found any buyers in the market. If you ask me, they floated the idea of that amount. And I think that they couldn't get any interest in that amount. And so they now come up with a PR spin and saying, that, you know, you know, they're not, they staying, but I honestly think that just, there was nothing in the market at that, at that level, you know? Mm. So FSG has to come up with a spin that says, you know, okay, we are in for the long haul, but. Mind you, somebody comes chomping with that number, they are out in a heartbeat. All right. This is, I know it might be Liverpool, it might be, you know, they might say all the right words commitment, long term, and everything. I'm speaking for Klopp, I'm speaking FSG. In a heartbeat, they will leave.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Liverpool fans, calm down. Calm down. Uh, It hasn't (laughs) happened yet. Okay. It might never happen so uh bob we move on to uh rb leipzig one man city one um i'm gonna coin a phrase i think i may have coined it before actually a game of two halves uh it it just seemed man city just had this one and then they didn't
2: uh yeah it's been compared a little bit to uh, the way they played against forest the week before uh ended up the same scoreline uh, not quite as dominant as they were against Forrest, but they certainly bossed the first half. But Leipzig bossed the first part of the second half, I thought, until City got got it back under control, more or less. But um, I think City will be favourites, definitely, but it's not over. And I think this um, uh, the quibbles about Pep uh, just continue no substitutions I mean you're playing away in Europe you've got a a, a league game coming up um in th- what three days three or four days later uh you've got you know a, a massive uh, the business part of the season to follow and you don't make any substitutions um very strange and you've got people you've got a World Cup winner in uh, Alvarez on the bench you've got Phil Foden, I mean, uh, but Pep is very much his own man, isn't he? And uh, nobody can really figure him out. Uh, Just remind me though—he has won the Champions League, hasn't he? He's with... won it with Barcelona. Yeah, but he's—he's uh, he's almost and... more famous for losing it than yeah. for winning it now, because he's—I mean, there's there's talk of a curse, Pep's Champions League curse, because he's found new ways of of not winning it every season. Very imaginative uh, <laughs> ways. So We're wondering, is this another? I mean, it yeah. would be incredible if he went out to Leipzig at home. Uh, I don't think so. I think there's another
1: twist in the tale. Yeah. Well, Guglund, um, so Pep may or may not win this year's Champions League. It doesn't look likely. Real Madrid probably will. But outside chance, I think more than just an outside chance, uh, Frankfurt, Eintracht Frankfurt nil, Napoli two. Napoli runaway leaders of the Syria are they they're looking very good.
3: They are, they are. I, I, I mean, I was flicking between channels and watching that game. And but is Network Simano, you know, he is the bomb. He was running everything, you know, to have a focal point like him up front, you know, I think they should have won by more than two they're looking good, great guns to go, and uh, you know, uh, I, the draw. Is there another draw after this? Because I'm not, I'm not sure about that. But if there is another draw after this, I think most teams will be wanting to avoid Napoli right now. You know, they are playing with some confidence out there.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, meanwhile, also Inter Milan won Porto nil. Uh, we haven't got time, but uh, Lukaku, bless him, he scored a goal. So, uh, but in a moment, we're going to carry on with the Europa League when we come back here on. Just for kicks on BFM 89.9
0: more football. When we come back just for kicks BFM 89.9 just for kicks on BFM 89.9.
1: And we're back uh, on just for kicks with me, Cam, Bob and Gogolin. So Europa league, uh, Bob Holmes, um, this man United versus Barcelona. I mean, that's what a, what a clash that should be a champions league. And I'm sure it will be a champions league clash next season and the uh scoreline was uh emphatically i think in the favor of manchester united they got through 2-1 4-3 on ag- aggregate this manchester united um team are really coming together ten Hag has done a wonderful job
2: yeah i wonder what um ronaldo is thinking uh now actually uh <laughs> penny for his thoughts um but uh he held back a developing side. There, you can see that now. I and mean, They lost points unnecessarily through uh, because they had to deal with him basically in the in the autumn, in the early part of the season. They had those catastrophic defeats to uh, Brentford and Brighton. Remember, uh, six points lost there, which could be would be very handy now. They'd be right up there. They are still in the title race. They're only five points behind Arsenal, having played one game more. I don't think they're quite good enough to win the title. I think it is a two-horse race between Arsenal and City. But they're very much uh, in the top four. I'd be amazed if they didn't finish in the Champions League places. And I I said last week, I fancy them to win this uh, Europa League. And they've got the small matter of the Carabao Cup this weekend. So the hill they are really having a good season. I think you can say they are back. And this is down to Eric Ten Hag. There were doubts about him. Spurs turned him down. I wonder what they're thinking now. But he's sorted out United and mainly because he got rid of Ronaldo. That is was it's
1: really that simple.
2: Yeah, well, it's more. No, that not no, no, simple, no, it's not that it? simple. <laughs> that but a... that was the main problem. I think anybody can see that. Um, yeah. Any anybody, absolutely. No, no, it's not that simple at all. I mean, he's he's improved the discipline, the training. They're fitter than they used to be, and the They're players themselves are
1: individually better.
2: Yeah, look at Rashford. I mean, he's yeah. he's improved. Yeah. Luke Shaw's improved. Only one who's not is uh, Harry Maguire. Sadly. Who, yeah, yeah. who he wasn't even smiling when they when they scored last night He looked a full on figure
1: on the on the bench God to be fair he always does but uh Guglen, you have behind you listeners who don't know this you've got a Barcelona t-shirt uh, a Barcelona shirt behind you Barcelona uh you know Manchester United have, if you know if they've dispensed with Barcelona it's a it's quite a good run-in but uh Barcelona leaders of
3: the La Liga not what you were yeah. expecting to see well, it was a game of two halves. Here, to be fair, you know, I was watched that first half, and it was it was totally dominated by uh, Barcelona. I think, uh, and Ten Hag decided to play Sancho in the number ten role for the first time. He was totally unfamiliar. There were there were no balls being strung through. They were complaining to the referee. Even Ten Hag got uh, upset and was you know being cautioned by the ref. So they got riled up. The visitors were happy to see that Barcelona running the show. They got the penalty. They could it could have easily scored a second goal from uh, De Gea's mistake you know, until Casemiro did that block. So it was complete. It was a complete domination by the first half by Barcelona. So, you know, to, to testament to Ten Hag's uh, team talk and to change, make the changes, you know, Anthony coming on and Fred scoring early in that half, swung the game. And yes, there's a belief among United, you know, I've always said on this show that uh, with a squad like United, they should be doing much better. And yes, Ronaldo was holding them back because there was always this notion that you had to play Ronaldo, you had to start him, you know, and then if you don't start him, all these problems happen, which did and he has left. Now, as you can see, they're blossoming. And it's it's the tables have turned, you know. This time last year, we were talking about Liverpool. Now we're talking about United. And where is Liverpool? In the same position where United were. So, you know, yeah. it's the tables have turned completely. So, again, it's, it's a cyclical, a cyclical uh, thing. It's good to see United back, you know. And again, to add on to what uh, Bob said, it's, what Ten Hag is saying to all these players these are individually good players now they have to start playing in a team in a system that is they can understand that they are playing in week in week out you know they are going in in good form I mean to beat as he admitted it's his biggest win of his career right now you know beating Barcelona and they can and that belief for the United players is they've beaten Barcelona who are six points clear of Real Madrid who just trashed Liverpool the other day you know this is yeah. they can go and beat anybody and they're going on to a final. If they win on uh, on uh, Sunday against Newcastle, first trophy in six years, this sets them up, you know. They could do a late run-in, yes, but, you know, it might be a bit too much, but it sets them up really good for a Champions League position and this is where United should be, a Champions League position and battling for the... Transfer. That's what the squad is what. And all it needs in the transfer window are certain tweaks, maybe in the defensive side, you know, maybe the Iran is aging, so you need to... Aaron you know, Maguire might go... Uh, David De might be a uh, uh, replaced but really the think so I think. Yeah, I know I always say David De is, is an old school goalkeeper he's a great shot stopper but he's horrible with his feet as you could see in the first half today yeah. To yeah. yeah yeah they just got to stop doing that to him um so uh,
1: the um by the way the one thing that struck me at the very end I think I saw Eric ten Hag smile for the first time ever <laughs> I
3: I, I the, he has a lot to smile about right now. He, if he does was the manager of United, you know, they are the form team at the moment. Yeah, but I think I mean just like, what's that funny look on his face? <laughs> um
1: so uh would you, I'm just gonna quickly go through some of the other results for the Europa League because there's a lot happening there. Uh Shakhtar Donetsk, I think is one of the big stories here. They don't even have their own stadium, don't even have their own city. Uh they managed to get through on penalties. I so, watched
2: that. It oh, yeah. lasted until six in the morning. Oh, wow. Uh, it was a, a great, uh, great drama. It's a great penalty shootout. Really great, yeah. But
1: five, more penalties. Uh, Shakhtar. Yes, well done to them. And also uh, Sevilla. They lost 2-0 against PSV Eindhoven, but they still go through on aggregate. Juventus beat Nantes 3-0. Fantastic goal from Angel Di Maria. I don't know if you saw that. And uh, my favorite, FC Union Berlin uh, beat Ajax. Three one FC Union Berlin, pretty much. I mean, you, the only team in uh, Germany from the former East Germany. I mean, you've got Leipzig, but that's a made-up kind of AFC Wimbledon kind of outfit. And uh, and it's a it's a it's a club where the fans literally rebuilt the stadium themselves with their own bare hands. So uh, we're going to go on now to the Premier League, the matches that are coming up this weekend, and the the teams are all kind of like for like v- vying against each other and so uh i'm going to start with you um uh Googling. everton versus aston villa aston villa we haven't really spoken about them much recently but they they're on a they're doing well
3: well we are on a four game uh, losing streak we played the big boys yeah. Um, it's 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 a it's a, game, it's a work in progress with Unai. You know, it, uh, we watched uh, against Arsenal. Well, I'll just go back to the last game, which was against Arsenal. We were you know two nil, two one up. I could see that, but our players seem not to know how to hold the ball in when when we're missing. It's not like Arsenal players off the park or anything like that. If anybody watched that game, will know. If we just again shot ourselves our, ourselves in the foot. You know, and it was a lucky goal. Third goal was a lucky goal, but again, this is a, a Villa team that is slowly building right so i would i would my the ju- my judgement is still out on Onai. he's doing the right things he's he's getting the players to play he's getting the right players in he's working on a, a, a approach that is you know that can sustain in the long term you know it's not a, a quick wins uh, fire things so there'll be off days there'll be on days you know but against you know now we're coming off a four game uh, or three game unbeaten uh, losing streak and we play against everton everton you know i've got a, a new manager bounce and everything going on for them these are games we need to put to bed and win in convincing style to move forward so I hope to see the same type of performance we against Arsenal, but with a bit more discipline from the back.
1: Mm. Okay, uh, Bob, I want to jump us over to Saturday match West Ham versus Nottingham Forest. I don't know if you, you must have watched the movie The Damned United. Yep. Uh, yep, about... Yep, about uh, Brownclough's tenure, and there was a montage scene where the name uh, Nottingham Forest just moves up and up and up up the league until they become the league champions, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Is that what we're seeing right now with Nottingham Forest? I mean, they're in thirteenth. What the hell's going uh, on there?
2: If only, if only. Uh, no, um, we've got a battle uh, on our hands, as I alluded to uh, last week. I, I was absolutely amazed that they managed to get a point uh, against City. Hmm. Uh, and this is going to be tough against uh, a fellow relegation battler, West Ham. I I don't know what they're doing down there, West Ham. I mean, they were in Europe last season. Uh, they been in Europe the last two seasons. David Moyes is doing a great job, had a good side there, very good side, not quite good enough to get in the top four. But that sort of level, you know, Everton Cup winners every year, you know. And now suddenly they're down there and not, They've not been fundamentally changed. They bought a couple of expensive imports who've not really delivered, hampered by, by injury, uh, Scamacca and Paqueta. Um, paid a lot of money uncharacteristically for West Ham. Spent a lot of money on on two uh, kind of not top draw foreign imports, but sort of middle draw, if you like. And they haven't they haven't done it, and they're. They could be reverting back. Well, uh, Jared Bowen uh, is uh, back again amongst the goals. He had a uh, lengthy drought to begin with. That was one of the reasons they weren't getting many points. Antonio was injured again and in and out of form, but he's also back. And I think that they're basically going back to the side that uh, got them into Europe um, David Moyes is a fairly conservative manager, and uh, I think he will just about keep them up, and probably they they might just edge it here because Forrester are, are absolutely useless away from home. They've only scored three goals away from home all season. They they're thirteenth because of their home form, and I just just referring back to Everton for a moment. It is possible to escape relegation on your home form, yeah. And this is what don't forget Frank Lampard, the much maligned Frank Lampard, actually had a reasonable home record at Everton. They were useless away from home, but at home, they got the crowd behind them and they were a different team. And that uh, that's the case with Forest very yeah. much.
1: Yeah, cling on to. So cling, I, I would
2: cling on to that one. Uh, I Bob. would fancy West Ham. Uh, for this, I, I I have to say I think West well, Ham uh, will, will edge it.
1: To be fair, if they do win this one, they they can leap up because um, it's very tight at the bottom. They could go up to you know fifteenth. So, uh, but, but uh, Goglan, this one is an incredibly important one. That uh, Leeds versus Southampton, nineteenth versus twenty. I'd actually I'm actually surprised to see Leeds down there in nineteenth. I thought they were doing better than that, but. Um, Six relegation six pointer. Uh, it it'll be
3: febrile. It it will be it will be. I mean, they I think they got their manager in in just the nick of time for this game, so they will be hoping for a new manager bounce against Southampton. Southampton also have a new manager, so it, it's it's a it's a relegation six pointer and then leads. I mean, uh, it's been shocking to see the way they've been playing, and you know it's been free fall from them after Jesse March the board had all these uh, managers lined up who all refused to come to Leeds so that, you know, set them up. They were, I've spoken to a couple of Leeds fans here. They were They were under the assumption that, that uh, the caretaker manager was going to stay until the end of the season because they really didn't see anything happening and then now uh, Javi Garcia is there. You know, I, I don't think he was high up there on the list but, you know, I think they are starting to panic after that loss to Everton. That also was a relegation six point view, mind you. So they've been pushed back down into the mire now and this game against Southampton is technically their biggest game of the season so far. You know, Javi,
1: Garcia, he he was the assistant manager at Benfica, wasn't it? Was um,
3: he? I'm not sure. I, I mean, he's not like a. I, mean, I, would have thought I remember him at his time at Watford. He played. They played some really good football there. But yeah. you know, again, Watford is a, It was a revolving door at Watford. It still is. I think to a certain point.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so finally, Bob, for this uh, section, Fulham versus Wolves. Fulham are in cloud nine this season. Uh. High flyers. Uh, I don't know what to say. I had, if I were a betting man, I would have had them to go down, and I and I feel almost foolish to say that because they're in sixth. Uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers, on the other hand, uh, I don't know what to make of them. So, how does this one play out?
2: Well, I but, uh, Wolves have improved under Lopetegui, um, although they they had a bad uh, defeat last week. Um, Fulham, I would say, at home are pretty good, but they've got a big doubt about uh, Mitrovic. He's got a hamstring injury, star man, of course, yeah. leading scorer. Um, not exactly a one-man team, but they do depend on him uh, quite a lot because he's a, he's more than just a target man. Uh, I think if he plays, I, I would definitely go for Fulham. Um, I think I'll go for Fulham anyway at at home. Uh, Wolves are no great shakes away from home. Mm. Uh, they have a problem scoring goals, uh, although ha- they have played some uh, decent football under Lopetegui. But it's just that final uh, putting the ball in the net—the usual thing. Um, they haven't quite uh, sorted that out yet. So I think this one, I, yeah, I'll, I'll just go. I'll go for Fulham, whether Mitrovic plays or not.
1: All right. Okay. And in a moment, when we come back, we're going to look at the matches involving clubs more from the top of the league. And after that, we're going to preview the Carabao Carabao Cup final. I can barely even say it. Uh, Here on Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9.
0: More football when we come back. Just for Kicks, BFM 89.9. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9.
1: And we're back with myself, Cam Raslan, Bob Holmes, and Goglin. And now, uh, Goglin. the top of the league, clubs which are uh, Tottenham versus Chelsea. Tottenham,
3: I don't know. I don't. know. I mean, like how how are they in form? <laughs> <laughs> I know I asked the same question, but this is good. This is a London derby, Richard Allaway, and you know Tottenham Chelsea uh, for the past few seasons have been really heated affairs. But again, you know, I think uh, half the footballing fraternity is still wondering what the hell is Chelsea trying to play at. You know, by acquiring that many players without the sanction of uh, Graham Porter. so it is going to be a mixed match. You know, if you if you're going to get a, a players from all these diverse backgrounds, diverse teams to come in and start playing for your club. Immediately, especially in the January transfer window. So there's really not been time for them to bid in and all that. I mean, we're talking with the summer transfer window. Yes, there is a certain semblance of uh, time in terms of uh, pre-season and all that. But there's been none in the January zone. Either. and it's been unheard of for a club to spend this much money on this many players in the January transfer window. Ah, so, well, Nottingham
1: Forest, haven't they? Didn't they do that? Uh... They did in the summer, though. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs>
3: that with all that money, yeah. right? They're just short of Chelsea. So actually, they shouldn't be. I've seen a couple of Nottingham Forest fans going on about City and all, right? They should not be, you know, cattle calling the cattle black on that one. <laughs> but you know, I digress. Chelsea, again, a mixed match of players. These players will come good, yes, eventually. But, you know, if they're not Potter's players and, and if it's not Portis, the ones that Potter sanctioned, it's going to take some time. You cannot blame the manager. I've heard that he's not in any threat until the end of the season. So he's got, he's got the whole season to his thing until next. So, but, you know, Spurs should come out triumphant triumph in this one. You know, they are more settled side. They have Conte there. They have they, have, they play some really good football. And right. I think Chelsea are still finding their way. I mean, it, just, Spurs are, a, are, a, are an enigma of sorts, right? You know, they... Against Chelsea, you know they would they would bring the A game, but against Palace or somebody like Leicester, it's it will go the other way. There'll be no, it's the Spurs. I, yeah,
1: I maybe I don't know. It's uh, historically. Uh... Tottenham just simply lose against Chelsea certainly if they're playing at Chelsea but this is at home so who
3: knows I get I, I historically yes but that but not this Chelsea this Chelsea is still finding its yeah. way you know they the they confidence they're having a bit of a confidence crisis right now you know the media are harping on them everybody's against them because when you spend that kind of money you got a target on your back right Bob do you see method in the
1: madness with the the buying by Chelsea are they are they filling in gaps that they, that need to be filled in or is this just uh, sort of I don't know just trying to No,
2: get... i i i don't think there's any method here i think it is madness um i mean not to have your manager uh having any say over signings which is uh, pretty much the case
1: that's the american um, way though that's the american way uh,
2: yeah well it, but it's not the european way and um, it, this is a european club a european game essentially um so, I mean, if if Todd Bowley wants to spend what six hundred million uh, and end up in mid table, I mean, at this rate, they're not even going to get in the European Conference. I mean, that that's probably they probably prefer not to actually, because that that Thursday night, Sunday night thing is a is a bit of a a problem schedule, isn't it? Um, they, uh, they'd have more time on the training ground if they um, if they don't get into um, into Europe, but to spend six hundred million and not get into Europe is quite an achievement, isn't it? When you when all is said and done, no, I think it's absolutely crazy, and I think Thomas Tuchel is probably breathing a sigh of a sigh of relief that he um, he missed out on this. I think he probably saw the way things were going, and that's why he fell out with Boley. Yeah. Um, and and got out of right at the beginning, so I, yeah. I don't I, know what Potter is making of this. I mean, he's being well paid, and uh, he he looks uh, reasonably calm under the under the pressure he he is under. But um, I don't not, know deep down, not what good he's making
1: for his reputation though. It's he's... not. And also, I I mean, I have, I don't know why. I just didn't dislike Chelsea. So I think the funniest aspect is that they could end lower than the two other West London teams of Fulham and Brentford. And I think that's (laughs) hilarious. (laughs) Um, Gogolin, we move on now to Leicester versus Arsenal. Leicester, bit yo yo. Uh, They have some good flashes. And Vardy is, (laughs) he's not any younger. Uh, Transition. Arsenal, though, what a comeback last time they they played. Can they can they maintain that?
3: Oh, of course. I mean, that win against Villa was you know uplifting. You could see the belief that run through the crowd, how much it meant to them. You know, especially coming back after all those losses. You know, everybody, the media was starting to, everybody was starting to question whether they have the resolve. You know, to go through this. You know, especially after that lost to City, and but you know to come back. After the to be uh, twice behind and come back and win that game, adds a lot. It adds a lot to the mental pressure of the players. I always always said that, you know, you come uh, March, come April, it comes down to the mental fortitude of players. And this is where players who have won the league before, teams that have won the league before, will have the edge. This is what Arteta is trying to uh, instill in Arsenal. So that belief is what you need. Whenever you're down, you need to know that you are the better team. You are always the better team, you know, and that mental fortitude is what takes you over the line. So, yes, that. Three points at Villa Park will take them in good stead against Leicester.
1: Bob, I
3: mean, is it just, I mean, there's technique,
1: there's tactics, but Gogolin is saying it's really the mental aspect that, uh, that oh, Arsenal, very much so.
2: Yeah, you know? very much so. That was a crucial win for Arsenal, uh, after the, um, after the previous uh, agony. Um, all eyes were on them, weren't they, to see how they would react. And they went a goal down early on and uh didn't look good but they didn't panic. So all credit to them. They they showed a maturity that probably many of us uh, didn't think they had. And mm-hmm. of course the icing on the cake, I mean they they left it late. The um two two late goals, but uh so it, it wasn't quite a 4-2. I think that flatters them a little bit to the scoreline. But um they ran out winners and uh so they're very much in the title race. Uh, they've got that game in hand over City, so uh, they could go on another
1: run now. I think
2: so. It's been it's been great for them, and it yeah, as you say, it
1: it was mainly psychological. the The game in hand is uh, due against Everton. I don't know when it's going to happen. I've been trying to work it out. Uh, anybody know when that might happen? No one knows. No one knows. I don't think it's been arranged yet, even, has it? Oh right. Okay. Cause so it could hmm. be like the last match of the season. Oh my god. <laughs> well, um, if it's
2: if it's at home, I think it's uh, Arsenal have got a pretty good chance. Yeah,
3: yeah. Uh Gogolin. Uh, then we have oh, well, well, but just before if it was the last game of the season, and Everton are still fighting for relegation. It might be a good one, right? Because they might know...
2: be down
1: by then, Gogs.
3: Uh... <laughs> Ouch! Yeah, there are some potential
1: good storylines to be had. Then, uh, Goglan, we've got uh, Bournemouth, uh, poor old Bournemouth, <laughs> Bournemouth versus Man City. Uh, Bournemouth in seventeenth, and just above the relegation zone and Man City obviously in second. I mean, this is Man City.
3: Yeah, so these are the games that I worry for Man City, you know, whether they have, yeah, because the the ones that, you know, on paper, they look, you know, Bournemouth, you know, Villa, (laughs) Leicester. So, yeah. Again, uh, I was watching the uh, the Champions League game, and in the amount of uh, way that, uh, what's his name, uh, Haaland was playing, you know, he had like the least amount of touches for that game, I think, and stats wise. And even the prior game, he was completely against Forrest, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. They, he was completely off the radar how he missed that. Uh, he, he missed from like do- five yards out or something. Yeah, right? double but miss it was wasn't it? Double miss, yeah. But it was bouncing up. I mean, come on. Please. Come on. The second ball, the first one, yes. The second one, all he had to do was just <laughs> side foot it, and he he went for power and he missed from five yards, and he, he looked a bit off. So you know, I really need to see Haaland getting back into that game against. But I think City will will win this. You anyway. know, the Champions League game was a bit of a downer but against Forest. You know, it, it, they they played some really good football, if you ask me. You know, and but to let Forest back into that goal in that goal. Was it Chris Wood who
2: scored that from all Chris Wood, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That, that was a nice. very well-taken yeah, goal. Very I mean, well it, was it was a twenty uh twenty pass, pass move, uh, yeah. Goal. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. uh go can I ask you ex uh Aston Villa player Jack Grealish? He, uh, in the Champions League match, he was at the forefront, and I was I was
3: fully expecting him to score uh he he has he has been given a new role now. I think he's taken the Foden role to to a certain level. He's replaced Foden in the lineup, so he he's given a new lease of life this season as post World Cup. He's given a bit more um, uh, game time, so he's starting now. I think he's trying to run the show. He's integrating part of the into the game and how he feeds the ball for Haaland and the rest of the like uh, Maras and all that. There is a matter to his yeah um, Gardola's manners, perhaps manners, but it, it he has such amount of. Uh, firepower at his uh, disposal that he hardly uses it. So, you know, again, we questioned this earlier on. He manages to throw away champion leagues victories. You know, it's not really anybody who beats uh, Pep. It's Pep who beats himself. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, Okay. And then finally, uh, the match that's, um, I think, really very important. Bob Palace versus Liverpool. Uh, Mm -hmm. Liverpool, if they lose this, this could be crushing psychologically
2: uh yes um <laughs> uh crushing on top of crushing eh mm. um but uh yeah and crystal palace of course uh was a famous banana skin wasn't it um the brendan rogers side uh took a three goal lead and uh and ended up drawing three three which was uh which really did cost them the title back in uh, 2014 uh but uh i think that liverpool may still nick fourth place actually they are they're not that bad they've got they've got w- big weaknesses but i don't think there are four teams necessarily better than them i think there are three teams that are better than liverpool but like, as i said before there are Quite a few teams who can nick that fourth place, and Liverpool are one of them. They know how to do it. They've come from behind before in the COVID season when uh, there were no crowds. They lost six home games in a row at Anfield. I mean, that was pretty crushing in itself, but there were no fans there. Um, And Alisson ended up scoring with a header. Remember that?
3: But that nick. six game after that, the six, the last game that they lost at home was after that. The, all the the West Bengal struck, right? So they had that break, and then they came back. No, and it won. was
2: during, during the lockdown, wasn't it? The, the six games were were doing lockdown. No, no, it was before that. No, 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 no. There it, were also, no fans. Yeah, no, yeah, there I, I were no they, fans. There. I thought
3: there was a, They were lost, and then they had that uh, break, and then they came back, and they won all their games without the fans.
1: Yeah the last I, wish game I could, was
3: cha- the Champions League game right wasn't it uh, uh, I, I wish I gu-
1: I wish I could adjudicate this but I can never remember more than just like the last match that was played <laughs> <so>. <laughs> and, anyway
2: the point the point is that they they came back and they nicked fourth place they got a Champions League place and then they went on to uh get to the final didn't they um so uh and uh, they, they can do that again they're not going to get their final of Champions League they're going to get to the They could nick a Champions League place next season. And that is very important because on two counts, they're trying to uh, appeal to investors. Okay, I think the Man United sale, when the Glazers announced they were going to sell United, what, about two weeks after Liverpool said they were going to sell? That rather spoiled things for Liverpool. Because there are so few people with five billion to spend. And they might Qatar or Saudi Arabia, there, somebody there might have been looking at Liverpool, and then suddenly Man United comes on, then they've got two, they can choose. And it looks as if they've chosen United. They seem a lot closer to to a sale in Liverpool. But Liverpool can still get a big chunk of money for Jurgen Klopp by selling a chunk of the club. They're not averse to doing that. In fact, they want to do that. They're quite happy to sell twenty or thirty percent of the club. So, and they've promised that Jurgen Klopp will get a good slice of that. So, uh, and they've appointed a, a new director of research. So, the uh, exodus of uh, people behind the scenes has been staunched. They've got a top guy in now. Um, so, things are falling into place. Off the field, okay. it's just on the field they fell apart. Well, uh, that's Goglin, that's what Jurgen Klopp's got to deal with immediately.
1: Yeah. So, Gergan, can I ask you then? Where do you think uh, Liverpool going to end up this season? They are now presently they're in eighth, but they have one or even two goal uh, games in hand against everyone above them. Uh, the people above them being Brighton, Fulham, Newcastle, and Spurs. Do you think they can get into the fourth spot?
3: Uh, I, I think now they, they've realised it, you know, especially after that uh, display against Real Madrid, what the level is and how much of a the rebuild they need. And I think Klopp would have made it clear, if not the fans would have made it clear, now the priority is concentrate on getting the fourth spot, right? So yes, they have enough quality in quality in that squad to you know, manage fourth spot, especially with those games in hand. And if there's no European uh, hangover, there's no European nights to look forward to uh, for the remainder of the season they're pretty much concentrating, right? Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to take a break and in
1: a moment, we're going to do Carabao Cup and we have a special guest here on Just for Kicks.
3: More football
0: when we come back. Just for Kicks, BFM 89.9. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9.
1: And we're back on part four of Just for Kicks and we have... um. Uh, a late arrival what in football terms do we call this Uh, a a late addition uh, a substitute no whatever Uh, all the way from Qatar we are joined by Des Corkhill alongside Bob Holmes and Goglin Uh, Des, good to see you
4: thank you very much Uh, sorry for the late arrival AFC Champions League duties um, some very good uh, stuff last night uh, I saw Aldo Hale qualify for the final of the Western uh, Region so final coming up on Sunday and now um That means it's a busy old weekend
1: for me. Well, we'll, we'll, we're going to cover some uh, Malaysian football uh, in a moment uh, because football never stops for Des Corkill. And uh, before we get to the questions I want to ask you about Liverpool, let's just preview the Carabao Cup final. Manchester United versus Newcastle United. There will be no Nick Pope in goal um, for Newcastle. But Karius, remember him, uh, is going to be in goal. Uh, Well, Des, you've just joined us. (laughs) How do you see this go, going? Well, anybody
4: who likes football, anybody who's got a heart, will hope that Loris Carrias does well. Unless you're a mm. Man United fan, of course, you won't. Because um, the, the poor lad, uh, everyone will remember this fella for what happened in the Real Madrid final. Um, by all accounts, he's, he's a smashing lad whose, whose, whose career was just imploded by that he, he he hadn't had the the brightest of starts for liverpool he was a controversial ish choice but for what happened to him in the in the final the the way he rolled the ball into benzema for the first goal and uh, dropped the second for gareth bale and was also beaten by one of the great european cup final goals uh, it, it's so desperately sad to see somebody's career, promising career, uh, destroyed in, in, in such a fashion. So for anybody with any heart, anybody with any hope of a, a comeback story, you'll be rooting for Loris Carius I think. No, Man United fans, I get it. But everybody else, if if, if, you, if you're not uh, supporting Carius you have no heart, you have no soul.
1: I agree entirely. Was it Sergio Ramos, though, who gave him concussion? I, I assume it was Ramos. Yeah,
4: yeah.
2: yeah. It was, it was. Ramos. It was. Yeah, he, he had, I mean, it was conclusively proved that he had concussion. And before um, the first slip up, he actually made a very good save, a brilliant save, in fact. And I was thinking, oh, well, Liverpool are all right, you know, um, perhaps a controversial choice for keeper. But um, on the basis of that, you know,
1: looking pretty solid. And then...
2: And then what happened? Well, just wow. a couple of minutes
1: later. Well, that, that's all in the past. And uh, so uh, quickly, though, because we've got a bit to get through. Uh, Bob, how do you see do – you, do you see a United victory? I think so. Um, I think the uh, – I
2: mean, Liverpool uh, – Liverpool, uh, Newcastle have had uh, a rest. They've had all week to uh, prepare for this, whereas United had a very, a very tough game uh early this morning and only only just about won it but i think there's nothing like winning um i think you forget your your f- uh, fitness and your your worries uh if you're on a high and i think that will carry united through they okay. um i mean they they really are on a roll now i mean as we've said they're not at, completely out of the title race by any means they're in the um They're in the last 16. It's only the last 16 of the Europa League, you know. I mean, it it feels like it's much further down the road because you've been playing Barcelona and and all that. But they've only just got into the last 16. It's not even quarterfinal stage. But they're looking good in that. And they're in the final. Uh, First chance of silverware for six years since Jose Mourinho. So I favor United.
1: Okay, first chance of silverware for six years Newcastle United meanwhile uh, Gogolin first chance silverware in like a hundred years so uh,
3: they're going to be really up for this one they they will be they will be I mean you're in a final you will be up for it especially Newcastle right now they're playing some good football also they've teetered off a bit but yes but the form team right now in Premier League Champions Europa League is United so, you know, to again, like what we I mentioned earlier on, this is was Ten Hag's biggest win of the career, his career. And he came out public and said, if you can't beat Barcelona, you should not be afraid of anybody the way the football they played. You know, this is the same Barcelona who's six points ahead of Real Madrid, who just crushed Liverpool 5-2 at Anfield. So that belief will be running through the players' mind. That that what he has said is running through their mind. You again, you at the final, you know, you can play so much, but when you have that mental belief that you are you belong here and you are champ- you are uh, rightful champions, that is that extra 10% that takes you across the line. Yeah. So, you know, if you're a betting man, United, I would, personally, I would prefer Newca- the other United, Newcastle, to be the uh, Carabao champions, but I do not see them uh, beating this United side yeah. right now. Plucky underdogs,
1: uh, uh, richest club in the world. So... Uh, <laughs> Des Corker, you arrived late because you wanted to try to get out of talking about Liverpool's defeat to uh, Real Madrid. We know what your game is. But uh, you're here and you're on the spot. And uh, explain yourself, explain your team.
4: It just sets up a heroic 4-0 win at the Bernabeu, (laughs) one of the famous nights at um, at, at Liverpool's history. No, it was it was it was numbing, wasn't it? And... um, Gosh, just numbing, especially after the start. The Liverpool had the atmosphere that was going. Vinicius, I think, a lot has been made of Liverpool's implosion, but you must say that Vinicius, his first goal, changed the, the whole atmosphere. It was a brilliant strike. And then, um, uh, what is it with Liverpool goalkeepers and Real Madrid? Um, we just talked about Karius. Alisson has, has bashed one into the back of Vinicius' um, legs for a, a crazy, crazy second goal. And Liverpool have imploded by giving away goals. The third goal, the defending in 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 such a manner to give Militao that kind of space. The fourth goal, Gomez is nowhere near um, the, the man when the shot comes in. Lovely interplay by um, Real Madrid, of course. And then the fifth goal on the breakaway when again Liverpool have turned over possession. It was just numbing, humbling. And after after the talk, the improvement against Everton and Newcastle. Um, I just shocking. Jürgen, Jürgen Klopp described it very nicely as he always does. Uh, Liverpool gave five goals away and you can't afford to give Real Madrid one goal away. Well, they didn't give five. The Vinicius goal was special. But you can't give, give afford to give one goal away. But the whole um, aura of Liverpool seems to have changed. This is a huge match against Crystal Palace um, coming up in, in the league. Otherwise, the season will peter out to mid-table mediocrity for a group of players who were on the brink of immortality, uh, two games from the the quadruple uh, last year, less than 250, 260 days ago. Um, The response has got to be there. Bizarre game, just bizarre game, numbing, but I don't think it was as bad as everybody is making out, but the reaction has got to be a positive one. I I just think five goals have been given away, um, and and it, it makes it look, I think, an awful lot worse than the performance actually was.
1: You know, if they did win at the Bernabeu,
4: for Hill,
1: <laughs> if they actually did do that, that would be the greatest turnaround, I think. Of- Since Barcelona.
2: No, be I mean, that's,
1: <laughs> this is greater than before. It
2: would beat that, wouldn't it? Surely it would beat that. I mean, it's uh, yeah, away but- from home at Real
4: Madrid, you know. But I, mean, I both- say that very firmly, tongue in cheek. There, no, but- there's no right. way that that's going to happen.
1: Okay. Is there any way that that could happen, uh, Bob?
2: No, no. I mean, I, I didn't write them off, actually, when they when they lost 3-0 to Barcelona. Um, I remember Barcelona missed an absolute sitter for 4-0. And I remember thinking they might rue that mistake. And sure enough, they did. And Liverpool were very much up for that game, you know. They didn't mm. approach that game as if, well... We might, you know, if things go our way, we might get lucky. They went out there right from the kickoff to win that game, very determinedly, and the fans also. That was a different kettle of fish to this. Okay. This is this is no chance.
1: And and Goglan, I think you might take exception to what uh, how Des just rather derisively talked about mid-table mediocrity uh, as an Aston Villa fan. I mean, that's that's a, <laughs> it's a position of. Uh, <laughs> honor uh, do, do you see them any chance of a 4-0 victory Bernabao against Real Madrid
3: any chance uh, no Real Madrid are the counter attack kings you know you open, you go at them they will find they will pick you apart so the, the they, but again Klopp has no choice he has to go and attack you know you have a deficit over 10 you know what are you going to do? Go and play uh, five-man midfield, so they will attack. But you know, if they can keep it tight, you know, you never know. Two early goals, they will be. Madrid will be rattled. Again, belief is everything. You know, you are you got 20, 11 men on the pitch. You know, again, I really think two early goals, game on.
1: Okay, and so finally, uh, Des, this is shameful. I've only give, allowed you now one minute to talk about Malaysian football, Malaysian Super League. Uh, what what's happening?
4: Well it's the start of the season. Um a big game to get us underway. The um the as some bank says Johor Darrell Taksim defending champions, nine time defending champions of against Tringanu. Um Johor again looking to be the team to beat. But um there's a there's a lot of changes this year. It's 14 teams, just one top division. Uh, For me, from a um, broadcast perspective, I'm thrilled. I've been battling for this for a number of years, actually, or was when I was on the inside. Now I'm on the outside. I'm thrilled to see split kickoff times. So there are games at 5.30 tomorrow when Kelantan play Kuching. Uh, 7.30 at night, Sabah take on PDRM. Nine o'clock kickoffs, KL versus Penang and Perak versus Kedah. And then on Sunday, you've got games um between Salango and Kalantan, which is uh, 8, eight seven fifteen and uh negri, sorry, eight fifteen, and negri versus Penang at nine o'clock. So split kickoff times, Johor being chased, but Salango have signed well, Pahang have signed well, Kuala Lumpur have signed well, uh Sabah are looking very strong. They've got a budget. So um it's all there to see if anybody can topple Johor Darrell, tax off the top of the table, and it kicks off. Well, it's it's already uh, kicked off as you're listening to this or just about to kick off as you're listening to this.
1: Fantastic. Okay. Uh, well, that brings us to the end of this week's show. And uh, so on remains range me now to thank, uh, well, Gogland, thank you for coming.
3: Uh, before we go off, you know, I want to just say, you know, a tribute to John Watson, who's oh, yeah. passed away yesterday, a voice of a generation, you know, all that football games, some of my, my I told my son and he's like, who's that? <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> <laughs> So you know, that kind of encapsulates everything. So thanks, he, everyone.
1: And he was, he was specifically BBC, wasn't he? He was, he was exclusively BBC. At Match of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah.
1: And I, I assume growing up, that's what football sounded like. It was that man's voice, John Motson.
3: <laughs> He's a big uh, league soccer here, so uh, back in the day.
1: And well, thank you. And uh, and thank you, Bob Holmes. Uh, well, uh,
2: thank you. And I'd just like to endorse uh, Gog's uh, sentiments about John Motson. Uh, he did have a very distinctive voice and a great enthusiasm for football, which mm. came over in his voice, in his commentary. He got lucky. With his first game, it was one of those great FA Cup upsets. It was Newcastle getting beaten by a small team called Hereford in a, a fantastic um, third-round replay, I think it was, with an amazing goal, and he made his name from describing that. He captured the very essence of the FA Cup, what it was all about, and he went on to great heights and did covered 200 England games, I think about six or seven World Cup finals. He he was a great, great commentator.
1: Yeah, I actually saw the highlights of that uh, Hereford match the other day. It was mud. It was just mud. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, thank you, Des Corkill from... Uh, Life cameo, from for his cameo. For his cameo, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Super very,
4: much, very much looking forward to Malaysian football this weekend. Get to a game if you possibly can. And uh, for me, it's AFC Champions League West Final. do Hale versus Al Hilal. So if you um, are watching, that's my dulcet tone, so you can hear. Sorry it was late, but um, there was a good reason.
1: Yes, of course. So uh, you've been listening to... Um, uh, let's not forget. Producer oh, Hanif. and our producer, Hanif Baharudin. Oh, I just, <laughs> uh, yeah, excellent. Thank you. Oh, and
3: you always never gets a shout out.
1: <laughs> and thank you for joining us on Just for Kicks here on um, BFM 89.9. Champions 2022
0: For more football tune in Mondays and Fridays at 8pm just for kicks on BFM 89.9 You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9 The Business Station For more stories of the same kind download the BFM app